0: God bless us all indeed, and thank you to each and all for all of your continued support. We are working every day, serving every day. We're out sharing the gospel, the good news with our neighbors, and I trust that you are as well. Uh, again, Pastor Tim and I, uh, I'm so glad that we can be together here in this time of worship today. And um I want to say that we've been learning a lot, have we not, over the past few weeks and months. There's a lot of things that we have been learning to do, like cutting our hair. Uh, we've been learning to do Zoom. Now we're trying to school our children, and we are doing all kinds of things, managing our checklist, and uh, shopping in a different way, managing our loved ones from afar, but there's one thing I find that has been on all of our minds, and that is distance. And for some of us, we have been way too close, and for others, we've been way too far apart. And I believe this pandemic is revealing to us the importance of personal relationships. And so we're in the sermon series right now that we're calling It's All About Relationship, because after all, it is about relationship. We live in a web of relationships, relationship with with uh, one another, it looks so much different these days, and yet they are very basic. The very core of our being is relationship, relationship to ourself and to God, but relationship to our family and our friends, our coworkers and colleagues, our, our neighbors and our acquaintances. You know, there's a lot of talk right now about racism. Uh, there's a lot of violence out in our culture. There's a lot of systemic problems right now. And of course, racism is appalling. It is not found in the scripture. It doesn't align with our Christian witness. And instead, as disciples, we need to love and respect all people. And so we're focused in this series right now on relationships. And today, especially as we have just heard the scripture from the Old Testament shared, I want us to focus a moment on families and in particularly on relationships with spouses and couples today. You know, I heard about a wealthy couple uh, some time ago that got into a very bitter argument. And it was a wealthy couple. It all started one day when the husband decided to cancel a vacation and it upset the wife very much. And she was so upset, she went and got some sodium bicarbonate and poured into her husband's fish tank and essentially killed all of the fish, and very rare collection of exotic fish. The husband got upset, and he went and got some of his wife's diamond jewelry and threw it into the garbage disposal. And then he got upset, and he went and kicked a hole in the portrait of uh, Picasso, and it was a quarter of a million dollars right there in that one kick. She got upset and went and got his electronic devices and, and tossed them out into the pool. And this went on and on until finally the wife was ready to pull the plug on their 38-foot yacht, and the daughter called the police. And the police got involved, and the police said, well, there's nothing we can do about this because it's not breaking the law if you destroy your own property. And finally, a family friend stood in and established established a truce. You know, this is something today I find that is so prevalent in a lot of relationships. Things get spiraled out of control. These two fools here in this particular case was spiraling downward in a time of destruction. And this is not unlike the story that we've just heard here out of the Old Testament in the life of David and Nabal. Even this story that took place some 3,000 years ago, it's as relevant and fresh as your news browser today. And it's the story of two men who are acting like fools filled with arrogance, bent on destruction, descending into vengeance. And it's also a story of this wonderful person who is devoted, a person of faith. You know, I heard the story a few years ago about this war general that said to his young troops, uh, he said to his troops, he said, don't even think about getting married until after you have mastered the art of warfare. And I don't know whether he was saying you have to dispense of your and discharge of your military obligations before even thinking about starting a family, or if he was saying there's some things in warfare that you can learn that would be applicable in your relationship. But whatever he meant, you know, marriages sometimes today resemble warfare. And instead of holy splendor, it is holy splinters. And instead of being this holy wedlock, it is dreadlock. And many marriages today exemplify lust, dust, rust, and disgust. And as I've said to you before, marriage has a way of bringing out the best in you and the beast in you. It's one of the most challenging things that anybody can be involved in, in that kind of relationship, but it's also one of the most rewarding. And I want to say to you today, whatever's going on in your relationship, whatever's happening in your family, and whatever's happening right now with your spouse, I want to remind you that there is hope. Now, I want to point to this example that we find here in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel 25, and you know, the Bible is packed with all kinds of people, men and women, who really are standing as a testament to faith, and we could choose from many a hero today of the faith, but I want us to look at this lesser-known woman of godly devotion. Uh, Some of the best examples of faith are people who stand behind the celebrities, and this text is certainly one of the greats. And it just happens to involve a story of marriage. As I'm thinking about this story today, I'm reminded of the city there in Germany, in Winsburg, Germany. And overlooking the city is this, uh, perched on top of this hill is this ancient fortress. And according to legend, back in the 15th century, in the days of chivalry and honor, the enemy troops laid siege to this town and put everybody into this ancient fortress fortress and the enemy sent word up that they would allow the women and children to leave and in fact they said the women could take their prized possession out whatever their treasure was and leave before they attacked and you can just imagine the shock as the women one by one were carrying out their husbands on their back. Now this is a similar thought I find here in this text where we have the life of Abigail, and she's described as a wonderful woman, and she could not be more different from her husband. She's described as a person of great intelligence and integrity and elegance, and she was beautiful both inside and out. And she's married here to a guy by the name of Noble, whose name, in fact, means fool. And he's stubborn, on the other hand. He's very arrogant, and he's a man who has to be right about everything in life. And he was wealthy, but he was also mule-headed. And he was a drunkard too. And here we find in the Old Testament a story of beauty and the beast. Have you ever seen two people that are in a relationship and you're just wondering how in the world they kind of united together? They're total opposites. And uh, Abigail here seems to have these brains and brawn, and she's a princess who is married to this frog. She's really married out of her leg. And in the Bible, you know, she probably had no choice back in that day as to who she was going to marry. It was probably an arranged marriage. Parents were likely involved, and so she had little say in this relationship. And so she's involved, the the Scripture says, in a very painful marriage. And it's a, a sad circumstance and you know, the point here is she's married to this wealthy fella. He's probably the Bill Gates of the Old Testament, okay? And yet it's important to note that wealth and power don't hold back the sword of misery because even though she was afforded many wonderful things, she was in this sad circumstance. The scripture indicates to us that as you read here that it was sheep shearing season and Nabal had his 3,000 plus sheep out on the countryside and they were shedding the sheep of their wool. And David hears of this. David is operating, on, on the other hand, he's operating a neighborhood crime prevention program and he's got about 600 Israeli troops or maybe Green Berets, if you will, out there keeping everybody safe. And so he sends about 10 of the troops into camp to talk to Nobel about needing some food. And these ten guys go over, and of course, it was customary in this sheep shearing season that the man whose sheep were were being sheared, that they would give tokens of appreciation for those who were keeping things safe and, and helping them. And this should have been a simple formality. Nabal here was in great debt to David, but Nabal gets very angry. He's insulted by this request, and he says, "'Who is this David?' For all I know, he may be stealing my sheep. He may be eating my sheep, drinking the water from my land, and he may be a vagabond. Well, when this word that is shared to those ten men gets back to the ears of David, David becomes enraged. And in fact, I don't want to repeat verse 22. I think the uh, translators here are really putting the damper down on the anger of David because it translates here that he is absolutely... Uh, unhinged, and he is so angry at hearing this news, and he pulls his sword, and he tells his 600 troops, we're going to march into his camp and take care of business. Well, meanwhile, this wonderful wife, Abigail, she hears about her macho husband's insult of David, and she realizes this is not going to end well. And, you know, a lesser woman would have probably thought, well, here's my chance here, here's my chance. I can allow David, he's the guy that he took care of Goliath and he can come and take care of my husband and I'll be free of this mess, but not Abigail. And she sent for her servants and, and, and those who were helping her. Uh, they gathered up all kinds of bread and, and water and supplies and packed them full, uh, some food to give to these troops. And in fact, four times here, this scene. Hebrew phrase is used over and over. It says, she lost no time. And so, she's a woman of action. And now we have two caravans on a collision course, and one is led by an angry mob seeking revenge, and the other here is a peacemaker wanting to kind of uh, resolve the situation. And at the crest of the hill, the scripture says, these two uh, processions meet. And Abigail dismounts and walks over to where David is standing. She kneels before him and makes one of the most eloquent speeches known in all of the Bible. And she says, upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And she was willing to take full blame, full responsibility, even though she had nothing to do with it, for her family and for her husband. And she said, this one fool in this story is my husband, and there's no need for another fool. And David's rage melted. Her words reached and touched his heart. And you know what the Bible says in the Old Testament, Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turns away wrath. And so David, they received the gifts. They ate the wine and the water and 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 the food. And he blessed Abigail for her statesmanship, her diplomacy save the day well when Abigail got home her husband was drunk as usual and so she waited till the next day and she told him what had happened and when Nabal heard this news whether it was from anger or or fear he had a heart attack and the bible says he died within 10 days David heard this news that Nabal was dead and he sends for Abigail And the two become married, and then overnight she went from the wife of a fool to the future queen of Israel. What a potent story this is. What a story of devotion. What a story of love. You know, there's some things I want to quickly raise out of this text today in this day in which we live and thinking about our relationships and drawing from this text today. And one of the things I want to say to you is don't give up on your marriage. I believe this is a a testament today to endurance in relationships. You say, Pastor, my spouse is really a fool. Well, so had Abigail. She was married to a person of that kind of character, you say, Pastor, I've, I've almost given up hope. Well, so had Abigail. But the Bible says nothing is impossible with God, and that includes your relationships and even and especially your marriage. And God created the heavens and the earth, and and how much He can be relied upon. And we can go to God in prayer, and He can restore the past and passions of your past and and heal you from the pain and poison of yesterday, and deliver you from the problems of tomorrow. I encourage you today to rely upon your faith in God for nothing is impossible with God a second thing I would say to you is that Abigail endeavored to make her marriage work she risked her life going to David to plead for her spouse and I got to ask today what are you willing to sacrifice to make your marriage work you know all of us have a part to play all of us have a responsibility in our relationship. Abigail here was willing to take the blame for something she was not even involved in. And remember, she didn't choose this fool. And good marriages, I remind you, are not built on emotion and on simple feelings or social equality or intellect, but they're built and should be built on that hearty foundation of God. I I remember the time we moved into a parsonage, and, and, and the parsonage was a wonderful place, but Every year or two, they were painting the parsonage. There were cracks in the wall. There were uh, blemishes. There were problems. And, and this third year that we were there, they decided to hire a professional. And the professional comes in and he said, you don't need a painter. you need, uh, you got a foundation problem. You need someone else here to work on this because the foundation is causing these issues. You know, your relationship today needs to be based on the principles of God. In fact, Psalm 127 says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain those that build it. And a third thing I want to say to you today is that God can work in your life even in a difficult circumstance, even in challenging times. I believe the Lord can support you and help you. Now, I know some people today are in really abusive relationships, and that's one thing. But I know a lot of people out there that just throw in the towel so quickly at the sign of a little trouble. And I want to encourage you today to reach out. To say here that Abigail was in a bad statement, I know it was an understatement. It would have been easy for her to have become withdrawn and depressed. She could have easily slipped into the blame game, uh, perhaps blaming herself, blaming her parents, even blaming God is she could allow the circumstances of this marriage to really drag her down and to really walk away from her faith, but she didn't. In fact, you'll notice in verse 28 here, Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant, for the Lord will make an enduring house. Now this doesn't sound like a woman, does it, who has allowed her pitiful marriage to affect her faith in God. As a matter of fact, she has complete confidence in God as you read the Lord's word here. And Abigail used her relationship with God as a means of supporting her and helping her day in and day out survive the grind in this relationship. And you too today can lean upon God in these times. You know, we are persecuted, friends, but we are not deserted. We are damaged, but we are not destroyed. How many have ever had the feeling, the uh, the time when you felt like a load of bricks came tumbling down on your life. Uh, I'll never forget I had an experience like this, a crisis. Uh, I saw someone in the church do something to someone else and it just felt in that moment like a ton of bricks had just fallen down on my world. And what do you do when a set of bricks it feels when a circumstance comes rushing into your life what do you do you can do one of two things one is you can take the bricks and you can make a wall or a barrier or even a tomb you can make a place of isolation and 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 crawl into this hole and get away from it all and pretend it doesn't even exist and that maybe it'll go away or you can take those bricks and you can make a bridge you can make a path forward You can reach out to the Lord, rely upon our Savior Jesus Christ, call upon Him, your advocate today, one who will intercede for you, and you can walk with the Lord together. So I want to pray for you today. I know these are challenging times for our families as we're trying to get back into school. There's challenges with our, our work and challenges managing how we're going to get our kids uh, educated. There, there's all kinds of stresses financially today. Uh, there's so many things that are affecting us. And I want to pray for you today. I want us to just call out to the Lord whatever's going on in your life. Shall we pray? Almighty God, we thank you that uh, you are there standing in that position of grace and love toward us. And Lord, especially in these challenging circumstances that we're in today. And we know many are finding themselves in all kinds of difficulties. We know there's hardship and there's illness and there's stress and there's financial problems. And and there's so many things, Lord, that are impacting the family today and our marriages and couples. And, And Lord, I just pray for each one right now. I pray for our families. And Lord, I pray that your peace would prevail. I pray, God, for those who just feel like giving up. And I ask, God, that you would give them strength to just hang on to you and to be faithful in following you. I pray, Lord, for those who are filled with anger and rage. And I pray, God, that you would speak, that you would use us to speak those words of, of compassion, those words, Lord, of peace that would melt hearts and drive people towards you. Lord, hear our prayers this day. Hear our The prayers of all of our couples, of all of our families, our children, our grandparents, our loved ones. Hear our prayer this day. Speak words of healing upon this land and upon our people. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.